When it comes to work, communication is key. Even if you don't have a writing job, sounding unconfident, indecisive, or passive-aggressive can hold you back professionally and hurt your team's productivity. Grammarly Premium's advanced tone suggestions make sure you're always sending the right message. Sound clear and confident in your writing and automatically replace negative-leaning language with solution-focused alternatives. With Grammarly's help, you can build stronger relationships at work, be constructive in the face of challenges, and help your team get things done. Grammarly works where you do, so your team's projects get done before the deadline. And with features like comprehensive spelling, grammar, and clarity-focused sentence rewrites, Grammarly helps keep your writing efficient and mistake-free. The right tone can move any project forward. Get it just right with Grammarly. Go to grammarly.com slash podcast to sign up for free. Then get 20% off when you upgrade to premium. That's 20% off at grammarly.com slash podcast. I've officially arrived at the gym. That's step one. What's step two? I guess just stand here until an idea for a workout routine comes to me. Or maybe step two is flagging down a trainer to help nope, and... No way. I already spent most of my money on the gym membership. I can probably figure it out myself. Or you could try FitBot. It's an app that builds a workout routine for you based on your goals and fitness level. You can even tell it what equipment you have so you can get a plan that's customized just for you. So FitBot does all the planning for me. I don't have to Google random videos hoping they're right for me? That's right. FitBot actually has exercise demo videos for you too. Plus, a whole year of FitBot costs less than a single session with a trainer. Huh. Maybe I'll finally get more than one workout out of my gym membership this year. Download FitBot today and get a 14-day free trial plus 25% off your subscription when you go to fitbot.me slash getfit. That's fitbot.me slash getfit. Hey everybody, it is the Razzball Fantasy Baseball Podcast, and we're actually going to, uh, you know, we're going to have a little moment of silence off the top, uh, you know, before we, we introduce our, our reverend uh, for, for Mondesi. We'll, we'll take a moment and just mourn the Mondesi loss. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm dobbing <laughs> right now, like, like I am a, uh, <laughs> like I'm in the South at a church doing <laughs> I'm I'm holding up a I'm I'm doing snake healing or snake charming or, or I don't one of the snake things. Uh yeah, hey, you know what? Uh Modesty did us all a favor. Good rins, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that's a that's a terrible uh eulogy. <laughs> that is Reverend Gray Albright if you didn't hear him already. <laughs> 
I'm uh, hey, I'm just I'm standing I'm standing by the uh, the the hole where I'm I'm burying uh, Alberto Mondesi's fantasy value <laughs> along with his legs, like yeah. every bit of his yeah. legs. Uh, so uh, Mondesi, here lies Mondesi's fantasy value. He did not live up to even what I thought he'd be able to do in a uh, abbreviated season. Thank you so much. <laughs> that was, that was, you know what? Honestly, the best thing that ever happened to us was Montessi getting injured. I'll be honest with you. I was really struggling with him on the teams I had him. I was like, man, I, I welcome the injury. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you to Mondesi's ACL. Oh, man. Brutal. Yeah, hitting 140 at the time of the injury with five stolen bases, three runs, and three RBIs. Not exactly the start we were looking for. On a happier note, let's move, let's move to happy was, news, uh, Gray. Let's... Actually, actually, before we move on, Mondesi, I don't know if people saw the injury. He literally stutter-stepped and, like, tore his ACL. I mean, this guy's like uh, Alberto. Uh, let me see. How do how do I change it? Alberto paper mache to see. <laughs> Paper mache, paper mache to see. I don't know. You you guys could you could workshop. It. Somebody but, come I up mean, with something. Yeah. Oh my god, man. I mean. Anyway, let's talk about better things. Yes. Uh, on to better ahead. news. Ronald Acuna Jr. is back. He stole two bases in his first game. He's done a little bit of, of swinging and missing since he's come back, but. You don't really blame him as he gets back into game shape. For what it's worth, in, trip, in his uh, rehab in AAA, he was hitting 368, 520. So not doing too bad on the rehab. The Really, the steals off the bat with the knee surgery is the biggest thing that's, that's a positive to see, right, Gray? Mm, yeah, no, completely. Um, yeah, he's like the polar opposite of Mondesi. This guy is like, like he he regenerates like a oh oh oh. Let's see, he regenerates like the blob or something. I don't know what's something uh, like a jellyfish. What regenerates? I don't even know. A worms? worms? <laughs> yeah, exactly worms. yeah, yeah. Al- Ronald Acuna Jr.'s got worm legs. <laughs> he's got worm legs. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm uh, I'm looking through the uh, the WebMD here, and it says uh, it says worm legs. <laughs> I'm a really smart person, as you can tell. Anyway, yeah, no, it's good to see that he was able to. Uh, he was stealing bases, um, and uh, he's stealing them as he's uh, stealing them. In, that's in the minors uh, during his rehab, and stealing them uh, upon his return in the majors. Uh, yeah, it's all it's all good. <laughs> I'm excited. You know, I had the, I believe it was the 10th pick in like uh, two or three drafts. Actually, you know, it's a funny story. Well, uh, it depends on, it, funny subjective, but it was uh, someone in, uh, when we were at the main event in Vegas, someone was uh, talking to me. Uh, I think they were drunk. I, I don't drink, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure they were drunk. But anyway, they were talking to me about how, like, the uh, the random order that you get at NFBC isn't really random. <laughs> they were, like, they were saying that it goes by, like, the, your last name. So, like, a certain last name, like, a, a, if it starts with, like, a, an A or whatever it starts with, it gets, like, you get a certain number. And I was like, you know what? 
I even though I wasn't drunk, I was like, that kind of makes sense because I always get like ten. <laughs> Look <laughs> at all my drafts. I was drafting 10, like 10th, like uh, so many times. And I'd be like, why am I always getting 10th? I never get number one. And then I uh, in, actually in TGFBI, I got the, the first pick and I took Tatis. Ah, that worked out good. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, long story short, I, uh, I picked 10th a lot and I actually got Acuna in a few leagues. So I'm pretty excited about him returning. I, I was able to get him in. Uh, I got him into my uh, my team's lineups on Friday, so I missed the uh, I missed the Thursday game where he stole two bags, and I got all the O for fours. <laughs> so <laughs> things are going good over here. But yeah, no, I'm excited that he's back for sure. Do you have him as the top player rest of the season? I know Rudy's got him sitting atop his projections right now. Yeah, uh, you know that's a good question. I would say. Probably, yes. I would probably have to say, if I were redrafting right this second, I'd probably have to go Acuna number one. Even though it would be hard, like, it's hard to pass up other guys who are doing really well already, you know, and go for uh, a guy like Acuna who's just came back and is hitting 150. Uh, if I, But if I were redrafting, yeah, I mean, he'd probably either be, like, number one or... I mean, maybe number two, but not, yeah, not, not too far back. I mean, it, it would be really like, it would be hard. It would be a hard call to make. I think, I think, uh, I think it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think Acuna probably uh, Jose Ramirez looks so good though. Like yeah. imagine having a draft right now and being like, I'm not taking Jose Ramirez. I'm going to take Ronald Acuna. <laughs> I mean, that'd be a tough call to make, but yeah, probably. I think you probably have to go Acuna anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think the stolen bases is probably the biggest factor. Uh, I mean, as great as a start is Ramirez is off to uh, one stolen base because he's just hitting home runs every time he gets gets up to the plate. Somebody who is off to, also off to an amazing start. I mean, forget Shohei Otani, forget Mike Trout, Taylor Ward just leading the Angels charge. Uh, he is actually leading the charge because he's leading off most days. He's currently hitting 400, 507, 764 with five home runs, a stolen base, 16 runs, 13 RBIs. I mean, is this for real here with Taylor Ward, Gray? Is I mean, is this the Angels' third star that they they wanted out of all the free agent signings of the old guys? Yeah, I uh, actually I, had, I I got Taylor Ward for a dollar in uh, in Fab. Uh, like um, two weeks ago, like a week before he was a hot ad. And, uh, and I, I wrote a, I wrote, you know, he was the lead by uh, two weeks ago too, for my, in my uh, Friday buy sell column, Taylor Ward was the lead by. And that Sunday I got him for a dollar. So obviously no one was paying attention to me. <laughs> so <laughs> I got him. So I got him for a dollar, but then I was like, you know, I, I had the conundrum uh, last Monday before game started. I was like, mm, I think I'm going to start uh, Julio Rodriguez over Taylor Ward. <laughs> so I benched Taylor Ward for his player of the week uh, honor. So that was fun. <laughs> this is like, this is just imagine like the, 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 an idiot savant doing fantasy baseball. That is me. <laughs> I'm I'm both an idiot and a savant. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean Taylor Ward. Honestly, I think like right now, I think we said a few shows ago 
that Kyle Wright feels like the top like pitcher get in all the leagues for you know for a breakout. And Taylor Ward feels that way for uh, for hitters. He feels like the top guy to get for hitting. I you know I and I and when you say is it for real, I mean I think it needs to be. It needs to be couched a little bit because, like, he's hitting 400, like you mentioned. He's not a 400 hitter. <laughs> no one is. No one's a 400 hitter. So that's, you know, unfortunately, he's he's definitely not going to hit 400. Sorry, I didn't mean to burst everyone's <laughs> bubble. But, I mean, he is, like, you know, he doesn't strike out a ton. He was a 300 hitter in the minors. So this isn't completely crazy for him to hit, like, 280 and he's got great power, you know, like in his uh, last AAA year, he hit 27 homers. So he has, and that was 106 games. Uh, that was 2019. And he hit 306 that year. But he also chipped in 11 steals. So he's got a little bit of speed as well. So, like, I honestly, I think, like, to, uh, you know, it's, it's after maybe, you know, two weeks of him actually playing, and one week of him actually being excellent. It's a it's a bit quick to say this, but I almost, like I feel like he is to to grab another Angels bat. I feel like it's Taylor Ward's going to be above Jared Walsh for this year. And if you were to have said that, you know, back in March, you would have been like, oh, that's absolutely insane. But I think that's where we're headed. Like it feels like Taylor Ward is going to be like the bat behind. Trout and Otani in that lineup um, and not Walsh and definitely not Rendon, who I, I've never really liked. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Rendon. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, I think Taylor Woods got great contact. He's a 280 hitter. He's got good power. 27 homers isn't out of the question. Got decent, a little bit of speed, could steal seven to 10 to 12 bags possibly. And he's hitting lead off in front of Trout and Otani. So, you know, he's going to get pitches. So, yeah, I mean, Taylor Ward feels like the guy right now. Yeah, I mean, like you said, couch the 400 talk, that's that's probably not going to happen. But he is somebody who has always walked throughout, you know, any stop at along the way in the minors, uh, in his appearances in the majors so far, he's he's had a good eye. So, I, I mean, the strikeout rate is down from last year. He's never been a high strikeout guy, really, in the minors. So, I mean, everything seems to be kind of lining up here. I will say, in regards to the underlying numbers, they're pretty much in line with what he's done in his career. So it's not like he's made some big change that has led to it. He's just kind of seeing the ball really well right now. Like Grace said, I mean, he has great power. He's hit, he's hit, you know, 27 home runs in 2019 in the minors. So he has the raw power just to put up that kind of those kind of numbers. So we will see what happens with Taylor Ward. I would say if if somebody wants to. By high, I mean I, I'm not opposed to selling him, but I don't think uh, I don't think this is just a big fluke either. Yeah, no, exactly. I, you know, right now, like on our um, on our player radar, it's like Taylor Ward's a top ten player, which I don't I don't buy that. Right. <laughs> just so everyone, <laughs> just so everyone's clear, I I don't think he's a a, a top ten. I don't even think he's really a, a top seventy five player. Like you know, Jared Walsh, I believe, is ADP. And where I had him ranked uh, in the preseason was around 100, let's say, um, 90 to 100 overall. And, you know, I think Taylor Ward could sit in that. And a top 100 overall is really good, considering Taylor Ward was 
essentially a, a free pick in just about every league, um, you know, and even in the uh, the deepest of leagues, he was more or less free. So, you know, top 100 is great. I think top 75, maybe it's, uh, you know, it depends on as long as he keeps, you know, stays at leadoff. If he hits leadoff in front of Otani and Trout, it's going to be hard. Like, it's kind of like what I was saying on the, uh, I was saying this on, on the site, uh, last week that Brandon Nemo was probably underranked by me in the preseason because if he's hitting leadoff all year in a good lineup, it's going to be hard not to be a valuable player. So Taylor Ward's in the same boat in, in a lot of ways. Like, they're not the same player. You know, he is in, if he is a leadoff hitter in front of Trout and Otani, then it's like the, the value will be there. All he has to do is hit you know, even if he hit 260, and I'm saying he could hit 280, but even if he hit 260 and he hits lead, he'll be valuable. He'll be a top 100 player. So, I, yeah, I'm definitely in on Taylor Ward. Okay, nice. Uh, I guess, would you take uh, Taylor Ward or I think somebody we were both down on the preseason, Brian Reynolds? Uh, yeah, I don't like Brian Reynolds. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Brian Reynolds, uh is uh is an interesting uh it's not a, a far off comparison though because like Brian Reynolds I think has like 22 homer power um a little bit uh less speed than you might think and he's a, around a 280 hitter so he's not too far off from Taylor Ward I think Brian Reynolds and Taylor, I think Brian Reynolds has a better chance of uh you know being because uh, just because of track record alone, like Brian Reynolds has just done it already. So uh, he's a safer bet. So even though I don't like Brian Reynolds, I, I think that's a fair comparison. And probably I would have to rank Brian Reynolds in front of Taylor Ward just because of track record alone. But I think Taylor Ward has a higher upside and and definitely can outperform Brian Reynolds. Just I think, you know, it, to be fair, even if I don't like Brian Reynolds, I mean, he's still... <laughs> probably a top 35 outfielder right so i think that's fair and it, it is a little bit of what your team build would need at this point if you you're starting to see what that may look like because i think taylor ward probably has higher upside in the power and speed like you said and then reynolds probably higher chance that he's going to finish with an average over 280 come come season end, even though and he's also- out to the gate a little slow Right. And also just the fact that the track record's there. So if, you know, Brian Reynolds has a better chance of, you know, being around and being a uh, an object that people are uh, interested in, in uh, an object, a player that people are interested in, uh, you know, come September, where Taylor Ward, we could look back in, you know, three weeks and be like, Nah, whatever, whatever happened to Taylor yeah, Ward? That was a really good week for Taylor Ward that one time. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, there was that one good week where I had him on my bench. <laughs> it also, it sounds like you're rolling dice, which I I often do myself. So, <laughs> just so you know, in the background, it sounds oh, like Oh, I don't know. Uh, I think I dropped my uh, headphone once, so that might have oh, been what it was. Oh, okay. Yeah, because so I was like, oh, cool. We're, we're playing crap. Right. <laughs> hey, you got to make money, Greg. I got to make money for to pay for all everything. Uh, my my, my tastes are not cheap. B-Don needs a B-Don needs a new pair of shoes. Let's go. All right, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about some first basemen here, Gray, that have gotten off to a nice start to the season. And let's talk about kind of where they fit in the rest of season as well. Uh, Anthony Rizzo, who sits, I believe, number four 
on the player number three, sorry, on the player raider as of this morning, which is Monday morning. Uh, Ty France, who sits at eight, mm-hmm. and then we have uh, Eric Hosmer, who isn't quite a top ten, you know, player raider guy, but has gotten off to an amazing start. Thirty three, so yeah. still an amazing start for somebody who was pretty much left for dead, and we thought he might even be DFA'd. Eric Hosmer proving that he doesn't want to be DFA just yet and leave sunny San Diego. So we got Rizzo. We got Crone at number two among first base. France at three. Vlad, no surprise, at four. Hosmer at five. Not exactly the five we thought we'd see to lead first base, but what do you think about those these guys sitting at top first base? Who are you invested in to keep it going the rest of the season? Who is just out of the gates early and we should just enjoy it while we have it. You know, it's uh, kind of interesting. You said uh, Eric Hosmer was left for dead. It's like in uh, in San Diego uh, specifically, like Hosmer was left for dead. I agree with you there. And, uh, and Will Myers always seemed to have like, you know, this thought of like, he's he could still do something where Will Myers really like, he's done less than Eric Hosmer over the last three years, but somehow like Myers always had a, it seemed like at least in my mind, he had a better, um, you know, people had a, a better perception of him where Hosmer people were like, Oh, I'm so out on Hosmer. And it's like, yeah, but Hosmer at least was decent in 20. What was it? 2020. He was decent. I mean, it was a short, obviously a 60 game. So it's a, it was a bizarre year, but I mean, I don't know. Hosmer kind of like, I, I, I guess I'm working backwards here. I do think Hosmer is the worst of those three. <laughs> I do. I don't think Hos, like I don't think Hosmer is going to keep up a top five first baseman year, um, top thirty overall type season like right. that. Like that does feel like a little bit. Uh, like you know, uh, I don't. Not even a little bit. Like that's way over his head. <laughs> that's not. It's not realistic at all. Like he has. You know, he's shown. Like for the most part, his value right now is coming from his average. You know, I I would say, and that's coming off of a, a crazy Babbitt. So he's like, you know, the the crazy Babbitt leading to the insane average is helping boost his fantasy value in you know uh, in general. I and he's only got really like he's got no speed. He's got very little power. Um, this uh, this sounds like I'm really. Uh, I'm really negative on Hosmer. You're really coming out for Hosmer, huh? Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't really, I mean, I think this is like, you know, like if you were to look back on uh, Eric Hosmer in like August and look at his splits, his month-to-month splits, and were to see like he hit three homers in April with a 382 average and zero steals, I think you would even look at it, you know, if you look at it in August, I think you're going to look at it and be like, yeah, I mean, he hit for a good average in April, but obviously it was fueled by an insane Babbitt. And nothing's really, like, not a lot has changed. Like, his launch angle is a 4.3, so it's not, it's not like he's suddenly doing, like, what you want. Like, he's hitting, he's, he's hitting under 19% fly balls and uh, almost 60% ground balls. So, I mean, he had a good month, but he really isn't doing very well, honestly, and for peripheral-wise. So, you know, putting him aside, I mean, he's been hot. So I would definitely – I mean, I would roster him, 
I'm just saying, you know, uh, realistically, Hosmer hasn't gotten much better. Um, better than Will Myers? Yes. <laughs> that, was, that was the point I was making before. Anyway, Ty France, I think, is breaking out. Like, I think Ty France is legitimately having, like, the breakout that we thought maybe would come last year that never came. And now, like, this year, I think we're seeing it. He's a, uh, you know, Ty France is a great contact hitter like he's a he's a potential 300 plus hitter and you know like possibly you know not a lot of power but possibly 24 to 26 homers maybe 22 22 to 26 homers possibly so you know 300 and 25 homers and 300 has value does it have like huge upside he's got no speed so he needs to have runs in RBIs in order to really be valuable. But he's not bad. Like, I think this is – like, he is a legitimate, I think, top 10 first baseman, and maybe even top seven. Um, you know, like, if you were to say say uh, Freeman still, I think, you know, over him, Pete Alonzo over him, uh, Vlad Guerrero obviously over him. Uh, but Goldschmidt or Ty France – and Goldschmidt was going around like the seventh first baseman, I believe, in uh, ADP in the preseason. If you were to say Ty France or Goldie, I'd probably say Ty France at this point. I think, you know, even though Goldie, I think, will be fine, you know, and he started slow, I, I think he'll be okay. But I do think Ty France has made the jump and is now a, you know, where he, Ty France in the preseason was going around like 140, 150 overall. I think now... Looking at him, I think he's probably closer to a uh, a sixty to seventy five overall guy, and you know for and that'll be for next year. And Rizzo, I think was Rizzo. I think is just loving the short porch. <laughs> oh, he is. I mean, <laughs> you even see like I don't know if people saw it, but like on one of his homers when he hit three homers, I think it was his third one. He thought he popped up. He <laughs> was like. His face, like his, went from like his face is, uh, his face fell and he looked like he had like you know uh, flown out to right fielder. Uh, it was just, it was kind of funny because it looked like he thought in his head, I think that it was like, oh man, I I didn't I missed that one, and then it it just flew out. <laughs> I mean, it's so short porch is such a joke. So I think Rizzo, like honestly. I wouldn't be shocked to see Rizzo have a career uh, power year in Yankee Stadium. Like, his career high for power is 32 homers. I wouldn't be shocked to see him hit 35 homers this year. It's like that that stadium is built for him. So if he's going to do it anywhere, I, I could see him doing it in Yankee Stadium. You know, he's definitely – he's still a – he's still like a 245 hitter. He doesn't have much speed. Uh, you know, he's, so he's probably like not, he's not going to be a top 10 guy overall. Like, I don't, I don't see that happening, but I could see a 35 Homer 250 season, which is totally do. I mean, that's totally great for where you drafted Rizzo. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's pretty much what we're looking at. I don't think his. Uh, I mean, I think his average come up slightly just because of those, those home runs that he's going to get off those lazy fly balls that he thought, you know, would be easy outs. So the average could come up just slightly from kind of career norms, what he's been doing. 
So maybe he gets back up to like a, I don't know, 270, 280 hitter. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're right. He could probably lead his career in home runs this year. He's just pulling everything down that line right now and just everything's going out. So nine home runs so far. I think that's uh, tied for his best month in his uh, in his career so far. So congratulations to Anthony Rizzo. But I'm with you on the order. I, I think it's probably France, Rizzo, Hosmer. Is that is that where you were yeah. at? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I think uh, I think Rizzo hits, uh, you know, like I said, 35, 250. Maybe you're right. Maybe his average is a little bit. Maybe his average comes up a little bit um, just because of the stadium. But I do think Rizzo probably is still a, like, 100 overall guy. Like, he's not... Uh, you know, like he was going, I think he was going like 120, 140 overall. He's 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 better than that, but not by a huge amount. I think Ty France is, I think Ty France is above him uh, still. Uh, even even though Ty France won't hit as much for power, I think Ty France is a legitimate 300 hitter. So I do think like Ty France could, you know, I think Ty France is probably above Rizzo by a good round or two um if we were redrafting and Hosmer is still like I mean he's like 220 overall in my mind like he's still you know he he's hot right now so I would roster him like I said but eh. yeah I, I pretty much with you I think I'm probably a little bit higher on Rizzo than than you are just because I think the average slightly can, can come up slightly that from his uh you know 240 250 ways of recent times um, but I'm with you on, on where Hosmer is and where we're at on Ty France now. So I think we can move on from first base. Asbury Methodist Village and Montgomery County take senior living to the next level, creating extraordinary opportunities for a fulfilling future. Work your brain and body in our new wellness center. Stroll our expansive campus and 17-acre nature preserve. Stay sharp with our resident-run college and find so many new ways to get involved and make a difference for others. Anticipate more from your retirement. Visit asburymethodistvillage.org today. Your future's here. Equal opportunity housing provider. Let's talk about a catcher who got called called up, MJ Melendez. We're talking about a 60 raw power catcher. He had 41 home runs last year between double A and triple A. He came back after the 2020 layoff and cut the K rate down big time. Hasn't gotten off to a, a great start this year. 167, 285, 295. Two home runs and three stolen bases, though. Um, I don't know if Kansas City is planning on giving... Uh, Melendez a whole bunch of playing time because they, they obviously have uh, Salvador Perez, but in games that he's played catcher, Salvi's hitting 143 this year, and he's hitting 333 in DH games, so I'm just saying Kansas City, I'd, I'd like to see Melendez get at least a, a look here before he gets sent down. He's, he got called up because of an injury, so we're not sure if this is a full-time call-up or yet. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, you know, if uh, I think if he hits... He's probably up for good because I, I don't think the Royals would, you know, bring him up, watch him hit, and then send him down. Um, and then uh, and then Edward Alvarez walks into the room and says, "Excuse me." <laughs> I, uh, I I think uh, I, I mean Melendez is probably, I mean, in a two catcher league. So where my where my head was at with uh, Melendez. Like I looked at him in a uh, a twelve team mixed league, 
And I had I picked him up off of waivers and he made it to my team page where I had to choose who to drop. And then I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I didn't drop anyone. And I ended up just closing out the page and not picking up Melendez. So that was kind of where I was at with the with like in a one catcher league and even in a, uh, a 15 team one catcher league. I, I was the same way. I, I picked up Melendez. I was the first one to get the waivers. I picked him up. And then I was like, you know, Perez is going to, I mean, he right now Melendez is probably the backup catcher. I don't know. Like maybe Sal, Sal P DHs a little bit, but I don't think Melendez is just going to be the number one catcher now. And, you know, I mean, Cam Gallagher's not good. Don't get me wrong. So maybe, you know, maybe something happens here when Melendez hits and he stays up. So, and if he does, I'm, I'm in on Melendez in like one catcher leagues. If we see something from him or, or some indication from the Royals that he's up for good, I would definitely be in on Melendez. I mean, he, he could be a huge pickup if he were to get playing time uh, and hit because I mean, his, his hit tool, like you mentioned, is just like insane. Like, uh, he, I don't know. <laughs> the Royals are just, they're uh, Sal Perez. They're cloning Sal Perez's. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't seem legal. Uh, yeah, I mean, and then, in, uh, so then back to where my head was at with Melendez in a, uh, in a, a 15 team uh, fab, uh, $1,000 fab. Uh, I bid on him and won him for $43. It's a two catcher league. So two catcher, 15 team. I won him for 43. And I think the runner up was at 28. So, you know, I mean, that's a, it's not a, I mean, you know, for people who are in a, in a hundred dollar fab leagues, that's, you know, it's a little under $5. Um, I did the math for you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, and I think Melendez is a decent, is a, is a solid flyer in a two catcher league. I think at least I saw in my, um, in labor, uh, in my labor league, which is a 12 team mixed league, uh, with a hundred dollar fab, someone actually spent $5 in, uh, uh for Melendez and that's a, a two catcher hundred dollars. So $5. Yeah, I mean that's about right. It's you know I don't know who they had, but I I looked at them you know and I I have James McCann, who sucks by the way, not good, <laughs> but I still didn't put in a bid for Melendez because as much as McCann sucks, he's still everyday starter. So I just I I didn't want to risk it. I didn't want to pick up Melendez, um, but he can prove me wrong. He's really good. I don't think. The 167 batting average is any indication of anything for what he's been hitting in AAA. You know, his like his K rate's fine. He's he walks a lot. He could easily hit 250 with like you know 15 to 17 homers and five to seven steals like the rest of the way if he got an everyday playing time uh, gig. I I just don't see it really. So I don't know. What's your thoughts? I think I'm with you where in a, in a two-catcher league, I, I think you have to pick him up just because if he lands and he gets to stay. And I, I'm looking at maybe the, the maybe the best-case scenario is, you know, part-time catcher, part-time splitting DH uh, for left or versus righties. He they, It's not a team that has a bunch of lefties available to them. Um, so he could definitely slot in there 
against righties and replace, you know, Hunter Dozier or Michael Taylor or whoever the hell they're trotting out at DH that day. Uh, I guess probably not Taylor. Taylor's going to be playing in, in the field every day. But uh, I do think Molinas could get some at-bats from the DH potentially as well. So it is somebody that I'm looking at. And if you're sitting in a 12-team league and you, you've just been like, cycling catchers i don't mind grabbing him and seeing if something clicks here right off the bat because maybe you get kind of that uh you know the gary sanchez type of intro to the league where they're not really on him and then he can kind of he can kind of launch a few home runs for you right off the bat yeah no completely and and you're right i mean like if i were the royals I would DFA Carlos Santana, Hunter Dozier. Actually, I'd, I'd DFA like just about their just whole everybody. team. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would lose their whole team. But I would definitely lose Carlos Santana or Hunter Dozier for a, a Melendez DH uh, slash catcher uh, role where Perez and him just switch on and off. I mean, I think that would be more valuable in my mind, but – I, you know, I don't think they're necessarily thinking that. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I'm definitely, I'll, I'll be watching Melendez for sure. I'm, I'm excited to see him. I don't, I don't think there's going to be anything there for right now, though, for like one catcher league. So we'll see. All right, fair enough. Uh, let's move on to some pitchers here, Gray. Um, Logan Gilbert, he has 28 innings this year, 27 Ks, a 0.64 ERA, a 0.93 WHIP a 25% K rate, and a 7% walk rate. He has gone at least five innings every start, and he has yet to allow more than one earned in any one of those starts. Is Logan Logan Gilbert somebody that we're looking at as a potential breakout? Obviously, I think he needs to be added in every league the way he's pitching right now, but are we are we looking at the Logan Gilbert breakout? Uh, yeah, I was just looking at his, uh, his, uh, 0.64 ERA. And that actually in the, uh, in the major leagues, that's, uh, that's coming in 38th overall for ERA. <laughs> there's only, there's only 37 better pitchers than that. Um, no, I, I kid because there's no, uh, there's no bad pitchers right now. <laughs> uh, there's only, there's only bad hitters. Uh, I, you know, Logan Gilbert, I was surprised because when you put him on the uh, the, out, the podcast outline, I was looking at him and I thought he was doing better. <laughs> to be honest, I thought he was because I mean I watched him. Uh, you know, obviously it goes without saying. Not only should he be rostered, I mean I would hold on to him no matter what I say over the next you know five to twenty minutes, <laughs> depending on how <laughs> depending on how many ums I say. I don't think Logan Gilbert's droppable or like unrosterable by any stretch of the imagination. Like he's good. Don't get me wrong. I'm all I'm saying now is I thought his I thought he had more strikeouts to be honest. I I thought he was doing better. I you know I don't really look at every player like I don't memorize every player page across the league for every guy. You know I I just sort of have an idea of how players are doing and then I go off of that. Uh, but now that I'm actually looking at Logan Gilbert's, you know, he's got an 8.7 K per nine, 2.6 uh, walk per nine. It's fine. I mean, it's it looks it looks like a, a 3.6 ERA to 3.8 ERA guy versus the low three really good Ks that I thought he was doing. Like, I, I thought he was pitching better. I'll be honest, because the few times I've seen him, 
he was pitching really well. Like I like just in like the uh, in the minute watching him, I was you know I was really impressed with what I saw when I watched him against like a hitter or two. But now looking at like the numbers, yeah, I mean. I mean, you know, it's a small sample size, obviously. So this could all change. Like he goes out in his next start and, you know, strikes out 12 guys in five innings. All these numbers change completely. And he he looks more in line with what he's supposed to be doing. But, yeah, right now it's a little concerning that his Ks are down and his walks are up. Not concerning enough where I'm selling, but it's something. There's something there. All right, so you're not you're not completely buying this uh, this initial start to the season where he's he's putting up the the sub one ERA. No, no, no. I guess not. I or is it really? Is it? I guess it's more about the K rate, really, for you. Like the K rate just isn't isn't there to support the fantasy side of it. Right. Yeah. No. Definitely. I mean, you look at like someone like uh, Dylan Cease who just uh, who just threw a a great game right before we jumped on the podcast. Um, you know, you look at someone like Logan Gilbert and I don't, he's not at the level of a Dylan cease yet where, you know, I, I, before I looked at, honestly, before I looked at Logan Gilbert's player page, I thought he might be on that level. I, I don't see that though. I, I don't see a, a number one at worst number two. I kind of see Logan, Logan Gilbert's numbers look like a, you know, a, a number three to me. Um, I, which is fine. I mean, that's definitely, you know, it's not it's not awful. And the stuff, you know, like I said, when I was watching him, the stuff really looks amazing. So I, I'm sure there's going to be a point here where he is going to break out like he can he can get much better numbers. Uh, he has that ability like this isn't like, you know, we're not looking at, uh, you know, Zach Granke's, you know, Zach Granke might have similar numbers right now but he's not pitching as well as Logan Gilbert, you know, like it's like Logan Gilbert's definitely on the cusp of being great um, where, you know, other guys who might have his numbers are are not on that sort of trajectory. So yeah, I I like Logan Gilbert. I'm just surprised that his numbers don't look a little bit better. Yeah. And I do think he, he actually may have made an adjustment kind of at the end of last season, I think to the slider, to make it more of a, a kind of a cutter movement slider, so a little bit more horizontal movement, a less drop. And so I'm wondering if that is leading to some of maybe the, you know, he's not getting the strikeouts because people aren't necessarily whiffing at it, but they're not putting good contact on it, and he's getting, you know, inducing the weak contact, which is helping the numbers. So maybe there's a balance in there where if he really needs to, to get a strikeout, he gets himself into, you know, a jam, maybe he throws the old slider where it does break down a little bit right. more, um, and he just kind of manipulates that. Yeah, it could be. I think, if, you know, if Logan Gilbert was uh, throwing a, an 8.5K per 9 and a 2.5 walk rate uh, through 70 innings with a, a one-ish ERA, I'd be screaming to sell him because, like, you know, that would be insane. But the sample size is so small. At this point, the fact that he has a 99% left on base – it's whatever at this point because the sample size is so small. But if it stays at 99%, you know, through two months, then it'll be like, yeah, that's, you should sell him because that's ridiculous. Right, right. So, yeah, I think we're in a similar place on Logan Gilbert. Um, it, it, you know, I, I think he's kind of 
falling into, and I, you said he's not really the ace level, and I, I agree, he's, I don't think he's really going to get to that level, but I think he could he could easily potentially get into like the Julio Urias level if he puts up you know, a solid season this year where you're getting a good ERA, good whip, um, you got a friendly park, and you get enough Ks where, you know, if he's going to throw, throw the innings, that that's fine. Yeah, no, I, you know, I could see Urias is a, uh, I think Julio Urias is a good comp for him. If uh, if he were to stay on this path, I think there's a good chance Gilbert gets much better than Urias because, you know, is, he still only has like, he has less than 150 career innings in the major league. So he could still like, you know, Gilbert that is can still get much better. Um, whether he does, I will, you know, yet to be seen, but I think he can. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess kind of to the point of Urias though, they are actually both 25, even though Urias has been around forever. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's more like, I feel like we know what Urias is, but yeah, I mean, I'm not, yeah, I'm not totally uh, disagreeing. I think Gilbert and Urias is a, is a solid comp. And I think, uh, but I think people consider Urias much better. uh, And I don't necessarily. So the fact that, you know, Gilbert, I think I don't. I don't think Gilbert's at Urias's level yet, and I don't necessarily. And I think Urias is below where people think he is, perception-wise. I think I think Urias is totally fine as a number two. I don't think Urias is a number one, and I think Logan Gilbert is a solid three, number two to number three, bordering on three right now if his numbers stay this way. But he can get to a number two. And even pass Urias potentially if he lives up to you know his abilities, which I, I don't think he is yet. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Asbury Methodist Village in Montgomery County takes senior living to the next level, creating extraordinary opportunities for a fulfilling future. Work your brain and body in our new wellness center. Stroll our expansive campus and 17-acre nature preserve. Stay sharp with our resident-run college and find so many new ways to get involved and make a difference for others. Anticipate more from your retirement. Visit asburymethodistvillage.org today. Your future's here. Equal opportunity housing provider. All right, next guy here is Dane Dunning. Uh, 20, on the season, 26 innings, 26 Ks, 3-8-1 ERA, 1-2-7 whip. Um, some short outings to start the year kind of make the numbers sound not so sparkling, so you're so you're wondering about that. You may be wondering why he's here, but after that, he's gone 5-2-3rds and two thirds and 7-2-3rds and two thirds innings pitched his last two outings versus Atlanta and Houston. Five strikeouts and seven strikeouts, respectively, in those. He's, he's up to a 23.4% K rate. 7% walk rate. Uh, do you like Dane Dunning as a potential ad this week, Ray? Uh, yeah, no, I do. I actually, I liked Dane Dunning going into last year. It didn't work out, obviously. It uh, wasn't a great year for him. No. But, uh, <laughs> I, you know, in Arlington's a good park. It's a, it's a hard park to homer in. And, you know, he's had problems with homers allowed in the past. So I, I think he's in a good place. I, you know, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily think he's, like, that great. I mean, he's fine for, like, an, a number four to a number five um, fantasy starter. I think he's I think he's good. Like, if you were to say, like, Dan, uh, Dane Dunning or Steven Matz, I think that's a, a tough call. And I don't necessarily like Steven Matz, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so, I mean, I think 
probably Matt's. I mean, I, I'm being hard on Matt's. He's uh, he's fine in a deep league for like a back end flyer if he's got good matchups. Um, Dane Dunning, I think, is is similar with probably a bit more upside than Matt's. I think Dane Dunning could potentially be like a nine point two to nine point four K per nine with a uh, you know a, a a high two walk rate, which is Roughly uh, three seven five ERA. It probably isn't too far off the mark if he gets like you know if he gets lucky on some fly balls in the right place in the right park and you know with the dead ball right now he's not I mean, he's not so bad I guess Dane Dunning could be uh, he could be a decent guy in, in every league for like a back end starter probably if he's looking at a bad matchup though in a shallower league. I mean, he's probably the first guy off the team, you know, like if Dean, if Dean Dunning's going to Toronto for a start and you and you're a roster crunch, you're probably dropping Dane Dunning. But if he's got decent matchups, yeah, he's not terrible. I, I don't love him, to be honest. I mean, he's fine for yeah. a back end starter. Okay, yeah, I, I just wanted to make sure we're we're still in like the pickup range with Dane Dunning. Um, I will say I was I was starting to come around a little bit more, and then I looked at his next two starts. At, to your point about you know, and, and kind of if he starts, you may not you may not start, or he may be kind of the guy who goes to pick up the streamer. Uh, his next two schedule starts at the Yankees, and then home for Boston. So yeah, not bye. ideal. Um, no. But if he gets through those two fairly unscathed, then I'm definitely in. Although it'll probably be too yeah, late by then, that point. But then he gets, yeah, then he gets, yeah, then he gets crushed by the pirates. And then you're like, huh? Well, oh, I he hate life. Well yeah. Against, yeah, hey, hey, great. Uh, hey, what do you think of this Dunning guy? Pitched well against the Red Sox and the Yankees. You you like him against the Orioles? Ah, <laughs> yeah, I do. And then he goes out and gives up seven runs in two thirds of an inning, and you're like, oh, great, he's really stupid. <laughs> All right, Gary. Um, I, I mean, we have to talk about this guy. I think every podcast just as a Rasball, uh, you know, he, he's just a, a Rasball mainstay at this point already. Uh, Stephen Kwan. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something negative, and I don't know if that's allowed, but only one walk in the last ten games. I think the sky is falling soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're allowed. You're Asian, so you're allowed to say negative things about Stephen Kwan. <laughs> <laughs> I get the pass. Yeah. Yeah. You got. You got the pass. So I, I unfortunately cannot say anything negative. <laughs> I still love Stephen Kwan. Moving on. Um, yeah. No. You know. I. I mean, I tried to get people. Uh, actually, for the last week or so i've been telling people to drop stephen kwan in the comments on the site uh in shallower leagues you know people people in the comments are sometimes in shallower leagues uh you know we get we get all different types of leagues but some people are in shallower leagues and in shallower leagues i think stephen kwan's a drop because like he's not really even even the best stephen kwan that Stephen Kwan can be, he's still not a big power or speed guy. He's like, he's an average guy, which is fine. Batting average, you know, if he can hit 300, there's a place for that. And I think he's capable of that, but it's probably, there's, there's not a place for it on shallower leagues. I don't think, you know, he's a, I really liked him in points leagues and in deeper leagues. Like I, I was drafting him early on in like 15 team, uh, draft uh, draft and hold draft champion leagues at NFBC. I was real. I was enjoying Stephen Kwan, you know, the first couple weeks in those leagues because 
you know, any any league that's deep, you you want a guy just starting, and he was starting, and he was hitting towards, uh, you know, I think he was hitting second, um, he was hitting towards the top of the lineup, he was hitting for good average, which is all, it's all great in a 15-team mixed league or deeper, but in a shallow, in a, like a 12-team RCL or like a, a 10-team mixed league, there's really not room for Stephen Kwan, unfortunately. I I like him a lot, but he just doesn't do enough power or speed to, you know, really warrant mention in a shallower league. Yeah, and that's fair. We said that kind of from the start, that he was always going to be an average and, and runs guy. Um, yeah. You know, he hits at the top of the order and he gets on base. That's what he does. That's what he does well. And he does, you know, he, he's among some of the best in the league at doing that. But um, at least so far he has been. But that needs to come with home runs and stolen bases for our game sometimes. So, yes, it, it does depend on what kind of league you're in. Um, you know, there's probably a team that needs Stephen Kwan in most leagues, but not every team needs Stephen Kwan. That's, yeah, that's a fair <laughs> point, yeah. All right, speaking of a guy that uh, is probably along that same line, and maybe, I don't know, maybe even below that, I don't know, Gavin Lux. <laughs> I mean, he, he kind of, like, he got the starting job, and we thought there might be some some possibility because he is, you know, he is a former top prospect, 259, 349, 370, one homer, two stolen bases, 11 runs, five RBIs. Uh, the 4.7 launch angle isn't great, but the other numbers are pretty solid here. Unfortunately, he's hitting out of the nine hole regularly for the Dodgers. Are you interested in Gavin Lux or is it time to potentially explore your waiver wire for somebody else? You know, I don't like Gavin Lux at all. <laughs> <laughs> against Gavin Lux I you know and honestly Gavin Lux comes with like I mean he comes from like a place where like anyone who likes Gavin Lux they they love him so much in the preseason and then no one ever talks about how he's so boring during the season like it it always is like oh yeah Gavin Lux this is gonna be his breakout he's so great oh man I'm drafting Gavin Lux Woohoo! this is gonna be awesome and then once once week into the season it's like crickets like wait what happened with Gavin Lux you're the one who liked him I mean why don't you talk about him anymore is it because he sucks yeah I mean obviously I mean he's I don't know I mean you know, actually, as we um, as we record this, he's got exactly 162 games in his career, and he's hit 13 homers, stolen nine bags, and he's hit 235. I mean, come on! I think that's not even like honestly. The fact that we're even talking about him, it shows you the power that Gavin Lux has while doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like that, we, that even warrants a mention. Like. I mean, you could find, like, uh, you know, Jorge Mateo has been better in, like, uh, 70 games than Gavin Lux has been in 162 games. It's like there's nothing here. There's really nothing. And and the fact that he bats ninth, ah, I mean, it's just he has no value, really, in almost all mixed leagues. In you know, in an NL only, sure. If if you need a you know a five dollar mi, okay, fine. He's fine in a a deeper you know m an NL only fine in like a fifteen team mixed league. He's death. You don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm not a fan. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fine. I mean, and it's not like he can really climb out of the nine hole with that team. That team is is so stacked from one through nine. That's literally the only place he can hit, and he's 
he better be happy he gets the hit out of there because we all thought he was going to be splitting time for the most part. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I'm with you. Gavin Lux has his place, but if there's if you're in a 12 team league with any kind of options that you're looking at, I'm perfectly fine letting go of Gavin Lux. I know the upside that he could potentially bring, but I just haven't seen it yet. Um, let's talk about some bullpens real quick, and then we'll do some some guys uh, we're looking to pick up this week, Gray. Um, talking about bullpens, we got the Cardinals and transition, Ron Helsley, uh, Giovanni Gallegos. Are you thinking this is a, a changing of the guard, or is Gallegos just in the doghouse after that whole not sprinting the first base thing? Yeah, I mean, I guess. I, I guess there was like, uh, you know, I, I mean, there might there might have been something about that, like not sprinting the first. So that was, you know, he sprinted out of the bullpen for a benches clearing <laughs> brawl. <laughs> he wouldn't run the first base. Yeah, I mean, maybe that had something to do with it. You know, right before we recorded this, uh, Gallegos did get the save in the uh, in the Cardinals game. Uh, he looked good too. I'll be honest. I I didn't know what. I didn't know what to expect because he hadn't been seen or heard from for like six days. So it was a little weird. Um, and Ryan Helsley looks great. So I was ready to anoint a new closer. I was, you know, even though I have Gallegos, I was, I was ready to be like, yeah, Helsley, go for it. Um, but yeah, I think it's probably Gallegos still, but he's got a real short leash. Um I uh yeah, and then there's uh was there Ian Ian Kennedy maybe while um Melanson has got COVID, so we'll see how far that goes. Um who else? Any other uh any other transitional I don't think there's any really uh there wasn't it wasn't a big week for closers losing jobs, I don't think, was it? No, I mean Joe Barlow got his first save and we've always kind of said we think he's uh, yeah. eventually the guy. So I think if Joe right. Barlow got dropped because he wasn't getting saves, I think that's a good pickup. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned Melanson and Ian Kennedy. Uh, Cole Sussler got a save. We mentioned mm-hmm. his name off the top of the year, too, just saying, you know, eventually we think he's probably the guy. He just has to get acclimated because he got traded, like, right at the end of spring training. Um, Ryan Presley got put on the IL, so we have Ryan Stanek and Rafael Montero that have both gotten a save in his absence. So if you're looking to stream some saves, there's a few names for for everybody. Um I did pick up Clay Holmes and Michael King in a couple of leagues where I don't have strong starters because they are racking up K's like my four starters have been um, in in elite numbers. So if you're just looking for somebody to go out and give you innings and K's with a chance of a save or a chance for a win, I I think Clay Holmes and Michael King for the Yankees have both looked phenomenal to start the year. Yeah, no. uh, Yeah, agreed. I, uh, you know, I was also, I think I had a bummer. Um, in one league, uh, Aaron Bummer, um, not, I didn't have depression. <laughs> uh, and then I, uh, I dropped him for Holmes, uh, Clay Holmes, uh, you know, because I, I needed a, a, a middle reliever who was going to get more K's and maybe a, a save or two. And, you know, Graveman, uh, the White Sox have, you know, good bullpen, obviously. So, uh, yeah, I went to I went to Clay Holmes. Um, I think uh, Michael King is another one, though. I agree with you. I think I think those guys are interesting. Um, you know, I there's a there's been a few guys like uh, Spencer Strider, uh, Strider, um, Will Crow. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's been some good, decent 
middle relievers, uh, Joan Duran, Duran uh, Duran uh, in Minnesota. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's actually been a good. Well, you know what? It's been a good year for pitching. It's like you can't you can't miss on pitching right now. It's really hard when Eric Lauer looks like a top five starter. It's hard to miss on pitching. All right. Well, let's talk about some bats that you're looking to grab this week. Who are you looking at from some different positions for, to help out our listeners, Gray? Well, you know, Anthony Santander looked really good. Uh, Outside of Baltimore, I will see how he does because you know I think uh, I saw it on um, I think I saw it on Twitter. I read somewhere that uh, you know Camden Yards went from like the best park to homer in in 2021 to the absolute worst park to homer in in April of this year. So <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> but we kind of knew that was coming though. I mean, when you move the fences back 75 feet, yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> That's not great. Um, so Anthony Santander, maybe if he's in away games, I don't know what his schedule looks like. Max Kepler has been hot. Odebel Herrera has been hitting at the top of the Phillies lineup here and there, uh, has been hot. Harrison Bader, actually, the recording of this is leading the NL in steals, which is just bizarre, but he's been hot. And, you know, he actually hit a, he hit a home run on Sunday. If he's stealing bases, I mean, there's worse guys out there. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anyone else? Um, I think uh, Sheldon Noose is a nice guy to fill. Uh, he should have middle infield and corner infield eligibility in most leagues, so that's nice to see. Uh, ha Sung Kim has has been at least, uh, you know, putting some hits together. He doesn't, he's not going to do a whole lot for home runs or stolen bases, but he's he's been getting some hits. Patrick Wisdom. I mean, when he gets hit hot, he can put up some home runs in a hurry. So maybe something to look at there. Uh, Christian Walker, if he happens to be out in your league. Victor Robles, we've been waiting for, I feel like, two decades for Victor Robles to do something. And he's kind of like twitching a little bit oh, right now. Oh, oh, yeah. No, totally. And also Santiago uh, Santiago Espinal, uh, Blue Jays, uh, middle, uh, middle infielder. He looks like he could have a uh, full season potential i mean he might be a guy we're, we're talking about uh next year and, and not next year next week <laughs> as a guy who looks like he could potentially be someone who's good for the whole year versus just a hot bat um he's got he's got good speed he's got like uh you know maybe uh 15 plus steel speed and he could potentially get into maybe seven homers uh hit for you know he doesn't strike out a lot he could hit for like 265 270 i mean it's not amazing but that's kind of like a mod rosario type numbers if he's in the lineup every day as a middle infielder so that's not bad uh, santiago espinal is uh him yeah yeah I like the uh, I like the Espinal call for the Blue Jays. I think he's a he's another solid middle infielder pickup right now. I mean, so many guys are going on the IL with COVID and other things, so you just got to pick up at bats where you can. Sometimes it's not always pretty, but if you can just get, kind of get guys to keep moving you forward, then don't don't drop you an average or don't hit it, you know, the nine hole every day and, and split time. That you know, those guys are valuable to to you know, another good right. You know, completely another good point for Espinal was recently I heard uh, Craig Biggio changed his last name to he's, – he's now going by Craig Espinal. <laughs> 
because he he abandoned his own son. So it's a good sign for Espinal. Yeah, so I think that's somebody we're looking at. Uh, he's a guy that does need to move a little bit up in the lineup, but the, the Blue Jays are constantly moving their lineup around. So we'll see what happens there. I think that's a good number of names and, and things to discuss here, Gray. As always, yep. if you have specific questions, you can put them in the comments or you can come throw us to them on Twitter. I am at RazBeatOn. Gray is the at Razball account. Thanks for listening and good luck in your matchups this week. Please. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.